Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is Patterns and Correspondences of Sacred Three and Fours. When Wicca was created in the 1950s by Gerald Gardner, he was influenced by the Victorian author Robert Graves, who had a highly romanticized view of paganism. This led to the creation of an overreaching triple goddess expressed as maiden, mother, and crone to describe her three aspects or stages of a woman's life. It seems to have taken on a life of its own over the years and maybe how some traditions replace that Christian concept of the Christian God as being three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It was as if there needed to be something equally important to match. Many have tried to make members of various pantheons match this ideal without success. Many goddesses may be tristful aspected in myth and legend, but they are not this idea of this specific triplicity. The path has moved away from needing a triplicity. However, the concept of sacred fours has come to be vitally important to what we do and believe. There are plenty of fours that have shown up and demonstrated that creating connections with them is necessary for our spiritual growth. The energies that we work with are a group of four and include the elements, the genus loci, spirit of place, the old gods, and the ancestors. There are the four physical elements within this energetic group of four, which are air, smoke, fire, water, and earth. Each of the elements is traditionally associated with one of the four cardinal directions, east with air, south with fire, west with water, and north with earth. For us, each of these directions is also associated with a specific time of day and a color. East is dawn and white, south is midday and bright red, west is twilight and gray, and north is night and black. This has led to our own coven colored associations for the elements, which don't match more traditional or Wiccan practices. Then there are the four phases of the moon, dark slash new, waxing, full, and waning. There is also how we view the solar festivals throughout the year. We have the four sabbats, which are the equinoxes and solstices, and then there are the four cross-quarter times, which are the seasons of Candlemas, Beltane, Logmas, and Samhain. Finally, there are the four statements of to know, to dare, to will, and to keep silent, which relate to the four elements, and many consider these the necessary parts to create effective magic. As you can see, we are surrounded by sacred fours, and these particular groups also remind us of the importance of balance in both our spiritual practices and mundane lives. We have had a number of discussions about the sacred fours that have shown up, but we're really having a difficult time finding any sacred threes, except for our own personal triple of body, mind, and spirit. For us, body is about the physical self and mundane practices. The spirit is about the soul and magical practices. And the mind is about beliefs and emotions that bring the other two together. We have grown to recognize that each of our sacred fours influences and is influenced by our experience of our one sacred three. 
Sometimes they encourage successful interactions, and other times they almost inhibit what we are trying to accomplish if one of our threes is too out of balance. If you think of it in terms of drawing lines from each of the corner points of one of the sacred fours as a square, where they intersect in the middle is the place above, below, within, and without, which is the body, mind, and spirit together. Come to think of it, that's another sacred four to consider. Good evening, Dave. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Well, kind of tired. It's counting down the days till we go home, but it is coming, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy almost new moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I somehow have gotten myself, well, I got caught out in the rain the other day mm-hmm. and then spent a two-hour car ride with uh, the AC blasting and had a little bit of a sore throat that turned into a full-blown summer cold. So oh, that's you. why I sound the way that I do. And for you, you have to deal with, I look the way I do. Um, but I'm actually feeling better. So for those out there listening to the podcast, I'm not as bad as I sound tonight. <laughs> that is true. And you look better than you sound. So I don't think we can complain too much. Hey, I'll live with that. Yeah. What are we talking about tonight? Well, we're going on the, the idea of sacred three and sacred fours. And back in the day when Sue and I first started this whole witchy journey and came kind of from a Wiccan perspective, there was uh-huh. probably even more of a focus than there is today on the whole idea of a triple goddess, made sure. of the throne, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And people would try to work with a specific pantheon and then match different goddesses to those three aspects. And that was, for want of a better word, a Wiccan adaptation. Sure. Sure, more than yep. anything else. And when we started really thinking about what we do, we couldn't think of any threes. Yeah, I mean, other than, um, and, and working where I do, you know, I see constantly the triple goddess, and I constantly hear reference to maiden mother crone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a little, little side adventure on that here in a minute. But um, the facts that once you get beyond that, really... Other than the obvious 800-pound gorilla of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there really aren't traditionally as many threes as it seems like in, you know, Wicca lore and, and movies and stuff like that. You know, you hear so much about the power of three, but when I sat down just to try to list out things that are threes, I didn't have as many as I do fours. So, uh, you know, go go ahead with with the fours that you found and why it was that you didn't pursue more of the threes. Well, for one thing, we couldn't think of any, let's be honest. Other Other than we kind of hit on us as practitioners with body, mind, and spirit that we talk about all the time, where the body is the physical and then the spirit is the magical you know, and then the mind is kind of the intermediary where they come together because it's our emotions and everything. Once we got past that, we're like, okay, now what? Well, yeah, and I completely yeah. overlooked that, but yeah, that the the body, mind, spirit aspect, especially in the in the path books, and you know, even in reading the Witchstones mm-hmm. and whatnot, that body, mind, spirit aspect is is pretty universal. Yeah. And um, it, interestingly <laughs> enough, I was. I'm sorry. It's what we have to balance. 
Right, right. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, you know, we talk about maiden mother crone. And through probably 30 to 40 different websites that I looked at that involve Wicca, uh, Wicca or witchcraft or whatever, it's very universally known as maiden mother and crone. Mm-hmm. So I looked for a male analog to that. And I found it fascinating that while pretty much 99% of the people on the planet agree that on the feminine side, it's maiden mother crone, when you get on the masculine side, there is absolutely no consensus. I came up with a dozen different, you know, there's there's youth, teacher, elder, there's um, boy, brave warrior, you know. But there was no, the only thing that I found common was a couple of them ended with Sage. And that's kind of where I picked up my title is it sort of resonated with me that and I constantly am burning Sage. But the fact that there was no consistent three and what that led me to realize is if you look at the structure of lives, that three only fits a feminine kind of life you know, without getting gendery with it, whereas in most male lives or masculine lives, there tend to be four and five different aspects to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But just the fact that I couldn't find a consistent three said something to me about all of the the Wiccan lore that has made us hear so much about the threes and so much about the threes, but it's not actually really all that pagan. No, I don't think so. And let's be honest, the the maiden mother crone is very traditional. If you think about it, you've got women before they have kids, women with kids, women who can't have kids anymore. Right. You know, and I hate to say this, but we have a lot more aspects to us than those, per se. We They just seem to have focused on those. And remember that type, those three came to the province in the 50s. Well, you were you were talking earlier about, and, and, and I've, I've come across this myself, where some people are now starting to talk about it as maiden, mother, queen, crone. Mm-hmm. To acknowledge that... You, yeah, just because your childbearing years are done doesn't mean you're old and in that elderly status. Yeah. You can be a foundation of a community and be the queen. Oh, exactly. And yeah. then later on progress to crone. So it could be argued that it ought to be made mother queen crone. But I, you know, I work in a store that's full of the triple goddess. So, oh yeah, exactly. So that's that's kind of where that went. And when Sue and I started looking for threes, we didn't find them. You Boy, found fours. You found fours. Why <laughs> did we find fours everywhere? Fours are everywhere. Yeah, fours are everywhere. And, and you know, even within like the fours of the physical elements, there's also sort of fours associated with those. Because you have the times of day, you have the cardinal directions, you have the colors that kind of are associated with each other. It goes on and on and on. And I imagine if you start thinking of it in terms of some of the other genus loci, there's got to be different kinds of genus loci, which probably break down somewhere into fours. But, you know, that's, that's, that's something that I haven't thought about or studied enough to speak on. 
to me, there are spirits of place. And to me, and I know I have come up with at least two different distinct kinds. Well, and myself being so soothed or satisfied with balance and harmony and I, you know, I love things being symmetrical. Mm -hmm. Twos and fours just make you happy. It is. It's soothing. It's comforting for me to have those twos and fours and eights and sixteens. That's one of the things that has really excited me about working with the Witchstone decks is because when you deconstruct the deck and look at it, you're talking about the four directions, northeast, southwest. The four mm-hmm. elements, the four phases of the moon, the four Sabbaths, the four cross-quarter times, and so much, um, which is really odd because we have four seasons and all of that, but we have 13 moons. I haven't found a way in my head to reconcile that. So I just follow both calendars. Did you think about that it's about 28 days in a moon cycle, which is divisible by four? Yeah. And then four weeks, I mean, you know, and you spend about, 32 would be ideal, but we'd have to speed up the orbit a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so, so I, I have learned, yeah, I've learned to reconcile 13, which is kind of a, a number that has come to traditionally be associated with witchcraft anyway. I love 13, yeah. Well, I yeah. love all primes, so. Yeah, me, we won't go into prime numbers in my life because that's a whole nother rabbit hole. <laughs> we will not. I you know. You know, at some point, I'm going to be opening up our YouTube channel, and we're going to be looking for content in between readings and whatnot. We're going to have to get you to record some of those stories and anecdotes. Maybe you and I ought to just kind of do some brain dumps and record some of this stuff on video for folks. Oh, please, yes, because I'm sure there's somebody out there who would understand the insanity that... I hope you all all that are listening caught that fact, but we are going to dip our toe in the YouTube waters a little bit. I'm going to start doing some Witchstone readings here in a couple of weeks. And and, uh, we're going to to try to expand a little bit in that direction. Yeah, and you're going to teach me how to do YouTube eventually, and it'll be fine. Eventually, our podcast can be a vlog. Oh, God. Yes, I know what that is. I know what that is. So we won't even go there. Just the fact that the non-technical lady over here in the corner knows what a blog is. I love you, you witchy grandma, you. Hey, I try. <laughs> you know, but, but back to the forest, when you think about it, you know, so many, and when did you get away the whole idea of made Mother Crone, which is, you know, like waxing full, waning, we stuck in that whole new dark moon thing when we, did our sacred force. So we really threw the triple goddess and out. That's, and, that's, and that's instinctive to me. And you know, I have always looked at that triple goddess and our triple moon and thought there isn't a representation there of my favorite phase of the moon. And I was just talking about this here a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was a tip and trick of witchy hint, but just basically that dark moon the leer, the calm behind the earth in that shadow is just always been so soothing to me. But you see crescent full crescent and it's like, really? Where is it? Right. <laughs> so I guess I've always known that there was an imbalance there, at least for me. But that's yeah. not to say that there aren't people out there that are going to find their own things in fives, for example. I or sevens, or nines, yeah, absolutely, thirteens, whatever, whatever number you can. You and, and I think, like I said, fours just seem to resonate with Sue and I. And maybe we were being subtly influenced by you 
in the background, the computer guy who is happy with twos and fours, you know, and, but it, it just seemed to work out that way. And when you know, started, it, it's funny that you say that because I can remember at one time you had like 50 or 51 cards in the deck. And I said, you either got to get it down to 32 or up to 64. <laughs> yeah. And we settled on 32. And here we are with 32, but they're perfect. They're absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, for this week's Witchstone Spotlight, I did kind of uh, wrap up in a quick preview and then talked about the upcoming readings, readings and whatnot. So I'm as excited about doing the readings as I am about doing the YouTube and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I've even started doing a little bit of readings on some First Friday events and stuff like that for folks. So uh, mm-hmm. look for more of that to happen as I learn how more to channel my inner Susie. And your inner Dave. Well, yeah, yeah, Dave's here too. Works for everybody. They are not just peculiar or only works for those of us on the path either. That's the important part. You know, they're they're supposed to work for like the witch down the corner at the corner kind of thing, or you know. Yeah, the absolutely. Well, and you don't even have to be a witch for them to work. I mean, they they make no. sense with the the world that we live in. I think so, but you know. Um, but like you said, I think the, the big the big takeaway from this before we lose track completely is when you start looking for whatever number floats your boat, they suddenly start showing up and then they kind of solidify. For us, they kind of solidified and stopped. You know, like you said, the Witchstone cards was a side issue. But once we figured out these are the basic fours that we want or that we consider important to ours and our practice. This is what right. we said, and I'm sure now that we've started talking about fours, all of a sudden I'll be finding fours everywhere for the next week and a half because that's how my universe works. But sure. you know, and and like you said, with with the whole idea when we talked about it too, anytime we have those four, the square, because you know whether it's I, I was I was just going to dive into that a little bit if you don't mind. Yeah, so, go ahead. Um, fo- folks, if you have a pen and paper, or you can. Um, some folks can visualize. I know Elizabeth, it's not something that comes easily to her. No. Um, but if you take a piece of paper and draw a square on it, and there's your four, and then you draw two diagonal lines through it. So you have your four, and then that point is the middle between those four. But you could also picture a pyramid in that that point is up from the four and to balance that there is a point that is down into the page from the four Mm -hmm. if you take that down point the middle point and the up point they sort of represent body mind and spirit in Mm -hmm. that body is very much the top of the pyramid spirit is very much the bottom or shadow or under under whatever however we want to describe that and and mind as you um as you put it here in the book the mind is about the beliefs and emotions that bring the other two together Mm -hmm. so i'm sort of seeing that octahedron now Mm -hmm. from where the square was and able to see that there are three layers that all connect to those four 
Thank you. Yes. And other people would flip it and have the physical down underneath, like connected to the earth. Absolutely. And, yep. You know, and, and I could see it. And when you were describing it, I'm like, no, that's backwards. And then I realized, no, it's not because it could be either way up. Sure. You know, so there you go. <laughs> I love it when we get into these discussions because, hey, I'm start. you know, I'm explaining to you where we came up with this and kind of why we got there and how we got there. Right. And you sit there going, okay, there's this four and this four and this four. What are we going to talk about? Well, yeah, you told me, you wrote it well, you described them all. Okay. But some of them are worth mentioning, especially when we start talking about, okay, your favorite piece of the moon that isn't part of the traditional triple. You know, and and then yeah. the things like that, and then the whole idea of the square within, you know, making the octahedron in there. Do you, I'm just curious, out of nowhere, I realize, but do you have a favorite direction? Direction for me, it's east. Okay, mine is north. Interesting. Mine is east because it's traditionally associated with dawn, and I'm always up at that goddess hour of the morning. Sure. Yep. And air, and new information, new ideas, words, communication, wind blowing through me, and that whole clarity of thought kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's obviously a topic for another time or whatever, but mm -hmm. it's it's interesting that we do have our favorites of the fours. I'm wondering if that might be a way to sort of... Um, read people or something like that just a, just an idea for later on but you know if you ask someone what is their favorite direction then what is their favorite element ask them those set of four questions and then see what kind of patterns result from that i bet it probably aligns pretty well with what an astrologer would tell us about ourselves as well quite possibly which is another, which you divided up, they divided up into sixes, but there's 12 houses, 12 signs. Right. There's more fours, if you yep, really think about it. Them, well, each of them is associated with um, one of the directions a lot. And then there's the car, there's fire signs, air signs, earth signs, water signs. And within that, there is death. There's a three, cardinal, mutable, and fixed. If you, if you say trine. I promise my eyes will glaze over. <laughs> Each one of the okay. I have tried two or three times to to get astrology. No. Um, and and the, the person that our store that teaches it does a really good job. It just it doesn't stick for me. No, I for me it for me it's more. Um, but just to reveal a little bit personally, for me, it's more looking out the window, looking at the condition the moon is in, and understanding that that is a component of why it is that I'm feeling this way right now. Yeah. I, like I try to put things just as simply as I can in those kind of terms and yeah. not overthink them. For me, there tends to be certain energies associated with each of the 12 signs. So that if I'm thinking about writing like a moon ritual or um, a dark moon ritual, I will often look and see because I have that nice phase of the moon app and it will tell me what astrological sign the moon is in. And that will often give me a jumping off point to start thinking about it. But that's about as complex oh. as I used to get. With okay. The and I have that in my app too. It's just that's information that I don't generally use. Yeah, uh, but I, we yeah. don't want to get too far off topic anyway. No, we don't. But um, when you think about it, it's it's 
it goes back to fours because the there's four of each of the different signs are associated with one of the elements too. So, Absolutely. Yep. you know, when you start looking for fours, like I said, they show up all over the damn place. Well, and I'm not here to start a fight or anything, but they say there's eight planets. Yeah, not cricket. That's kind of what I expected. <laughs> I don't know. I just object to the fact that some group of astrologers got together and because they didn't, they had a quorum, but not like the full group. Right. They managed to ram Pluto out of the solar system as a planet. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's what happens when you don't vote. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sounds too much like Congress. I'm sorry. It just does. So we uh, won't go there. So the point is we've had a little bit of fun talking about the fours oh. that are so yeah. central to our belief and our practices on the path. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, I'm sure you'll recognize a lot of our fours for what they are, but I'm sure if you were to describe some of your fours to us, we'd feel the same way. So, you know, create your own fours. Look for your own magical sets of threes or four or five. Look for those associations because at the end of the day, what you're doing is you are looking with your mind at how your beliefs work. Mm -hmm. And that cannot do anything but help heal and grow. I think so. I think that's the important thing to take away from this. You know, is, if you're thinking about the, the, the influence of the powers of threes or the powers of four or the powers of the elements or the moon phase on your life, then you are thinking about your life and, and good on you, you know? And in a magical way, which only makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> Said from the witch in the corner and the, and the fellow witch, you know. Right on. You know, and, and there's enough of us out there nowadays that you know, we'll find somebody to talk to us about this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm blessed to work in a place where, you know, people of all different kind of, kind of faiths and beliefs and whatnot. Wondering. But, but we're all burning candles and incense and we're all praying and we're all dancing and we're all chanting and we're all trying to become better human beings. And if, you, and if that's what your practice does, that's what it has to be at the core. Otherwise, why the hell are you doing it? Yeah, right. Because you're certainly not having any fun. Well, you, even if you are, my thought is you could always have more fun. There we go. So, sorry it's so short, people, but you can only take four so far. And both of us are tired. So I'm going to say until next time. May you find mirth and reverence in all things. Check out the Umcopy new stuff on YouTube. Until then, be safe, be kind, and be loved. Witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. Today's Witch Stone Spotlight topic is something of a milestone for us at Two Young Crones. During the past few months, we have covered all of the Witch Stone's oracle companion deck in groups and blocks of four or eight cards, building each week. And now we've gone through the entire deck, as well as outlining some of the different types of spreads and readings that can be done with our deck. So today, 
I'll do a quick wrap-up on the Witchstones Oracle and then make a couple announcements about some new and upcoming Witchstone-related content available on Young Crones Cafe and Two Young Crones. As a super high-level review or a refresher, the Witchstones Oracle card deck is made up of 32 cards. 16 are concrete and 16 are concept. 16 have a solid border, solid colored border, excuse me, representing concrete aspects. These are broken up into four groups around specific, observable, natural aspects. There are the four cardinal directions, north, east, south, and west, with a black border, and these are associated with the physical planet of Earth itself. There are the four moon phases, dark, waxing, full, and waning. These have a solid white border and are associated with the realm of the heavens or of air. The four major sabbats, summer solstice, autumn equinox, spring equinox, and winter solstice, have a solid red border and are associated with a specific solar phase for fire. And for cross-quarter times, Beltane, Loafmas, Candlemas, and Samhain have a solid gray border and are associated with the flow from season to season, or water. Our other 16 have a two-tone colored border, and these represent concepts or ideas. They're broken into two groups of eight around particular concepts, eight being mental and eight being physical. Each set of eight has a two-colored border relating to both the elements and to the concepts of as above, so below, and as below, so above. There are eight mental concept cards, the dark god, the light god, the divine, the void, layers and levels, witch blood, spirit hand, and the X. These mental concepts move from above to below with white or air on the top and black or earth on the bottom. Then eight physical concept cards, lightning bolt, hermit's lantern, altar, treading the mill, spang and broom, blue moon, black cat, and spider web. The physical concepts move from below to above with red or fire on the bottom and gray or water on the top. Inversions are implemented by recognizing scene aspects when a card laid, is laid face up and unseen aspects when a card falls face down in the reading. This is why we randomly turn some cards over during our shuffle. Our book the Witchstone's Oracle Companion reviews much more detail about how to prepare yourself, your space, and your cards for a reading, as well as describing several different methods to help practice with and learn the cards themselves. Look for a link to purchase the book on Amazon by visiting our website at twoyoungcrones.com slash library. Now, we're working on a new moon, so we have some new offerings and some new announcements for you.
cards. And we have gone through the entire cycle of summaries on each group of the Witchstone Oracle cards to replace these weekly Witchstone Spotlight segments. I will begin be beginning a weekly Witchstones Oracle reading just for all of our loyal podcast peoples. So yes, in this space, once a week, we will start getting, at the very least, a three-card reading. Since this is the new moon and we're working towards building out some new projects, I'll also announce that beginning August 6th, which just happens to be the first Sunday after our next full moon, I will be doing a weekly reading of the Witchstones Oracle on our soon-to-be-launched YouTube channel. Yay! The crowd goes wild. Look out for Two Young Crones on YouTube for further content. For the rest of this summer, we will be working on growing out our YouTube channel to include more types of content, from the weekly Witchstones readings to content and discussions around the books of the path, and of course, some Sabbath and cross-quarter celebrations as well. We'll be building a more complete and consistent Patreon presence, and of course, we're always looking for new supporting members. We'll be continuing forward with our small Discord community and members forums. And Dave, that would be me, is working on getting back into Step With Facebook accounts for Two Young Crones and Young Crones FA. Both of those accounts have been quiet because they're currently locked up due to Susie's Facebook account being memorialized. Once I had her account memorialized, it locked me out of a couple, so I'm working with Facebook to get access to those business assets again. But we are assured that we'll get these things straightened out and aligned, and we will be back to our full social media presence soon. So, how can you help? Well, go have a look at our Patreon site. Any support that we can get is appreciated, and the more participation that we can drive into our Discord channel, the better the benefit will be for all members. It's kind of quiet so far with just the three or four of us. And also, please, email us with your comments or suggestions. We know you're listening every week. I am Dave at TwoYoungCrones.com or Dave at YoungCronesCafe.com. Elizabeth is Elizabeth at TwoYoungCrones.com or Elizabeth at YoungCronesCafe.com. We both absolutely love to hear from our listeners. So please, take a couple of minutes to send Elizabeth a cute email. Just say hello and tell her that you liked what she talked about last week or whatever. Um, the feedback makes it all the more rewarding for us. We have heard from some of our listeners who appreciate what we are talking about in our segments, but are asking for spells or about spells. Can you give me a spell for this or that? I want to be able to fill in the blank here, find love, romance, money, etc. Since you asked, we are adding a small segment to some of our podcasts going forward that we are calling Practical Magic for the Everyday Witch. These are simple spells we use that don't require a lot of ingredients for correspondences or sometimes no ingredients at all. Because we like to be able to use magic to deal with the practical everyday stuff, this is what we have to share. However, the biggest reminder about spellcraft is that the best spells are the ones you create for yourself because they are a part of your own magic. 
Actually, there are three important components to any spell. Number one is setting your intent. This means that you need to be able to state clearly and precisely what you want your spell to do and how you want it to be done. Number two is ingredients. Any physical items you need to cast your spell, such as candles or herbs, or to act as correspondences, which are representations of something physical that you don't have right in front of you or are trying to come up with or manifest. Finally, number three is some sort of way to raise energy. After all, all spells are powered by energy, and there are a number of different ways to raise this type of energy, including chanting or various movements. You can see that opportunity in front of you, but you just can't get to it. There are things blocking your way, or the door to opportunity seems to be locked. This quick spell is designed to allow you to find a way to open that door to reach the opportunity. You still have to do the work to make it happen, though. Here's an intent. There is nothing between me and a new opportunity. Here's the ingredients you need to do this spell. An old key. Specifically, one that doesn't unlock anything in your current life. A spell chant to use to raise the energy is, for new opportunities, the door I open, key to lock, the way is unbroken. And again, for new opportunities, the door I open, key to lock, the way is unbroken. Here are the steps to do this quick spell. Take the key in your hand and think about how it represents being able to open locks and stepping through a door into something else. Start repeating the spell chant until you feel enough energy has been raised and put it into the key. At that point, say out loud, new opportunities arise that I can see, as I will, so mode it be. Now, carry the key with you as you find that new opportunity that you just couldn't quite reach before. When you're done, you can either dispose of the key, or you could always bury it in some dirt for a little while, like in a flower pot, and use it when you need another new opportunity in your life. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint, just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. For this week's tip, trick, or witchy hint, I'm suggesting a way that we can bless our bedding for safe, healthy, healing, and rejuvenating sleep every night. I recommend doing this each time you change your sheets or your linens, and all it takes is an envelope, a small cloth pouch, a baggie, anything that can hold correspondences that you pick for each of the four elements and that can be safety pinned to the bedding, and four pieces to represent a micro-altar. Yes, it's simply a small satchel or pouch with earth, air, fire, and water correspondence items. For example, I am currently using a plain old envelope with a pinch of salt for earth, a crumbled up cone incense for air, some ashes from my most recent sacred burning for fire, and then just a few spritzes of moon water for water. You can use literally any elemental correspondence, whatever suits you the most. For pictures would work for earth, air, fire, and water. Or clippings for a magazine for each element. 
or the appropriate corresponding herbs and put them in a satchel. Literally anything that you can create that includes those elements that you want to include. I've added a small I Ching coin or vision and perspective to mine. So start with earth, air, fire, and water in your little envelope and add whatever you like. Now, you might forget about this until the next time you change your linens or your bedding, but that's perfectly okay. I like to pin mine to the mattress pad so that I can feel the slight crinkle of my envelope beneath my pillow, as I tend to enjoy that subtle reminder that my magic is alive and working. But some folks may want to place their magic pouch, especially if it's got bigger things that you don't want to lay on when you sleep, down where it won't be felt, like pin it to the foot of the bed. Whatever works for you is the very best way. Again, it's simply a small container that you can attach to your bed that has correspondences for earth, air, fire, and water. So you have a mini altar there. And then something that represents peaceful and healing sleep for you personally. If you are enjoying this sort of content, and want to join the discussion, please come and stir up the pot on our Discord community. The way in is simple. Go to Patreon, look for Young Crohn's Cafe, and join our membership. Or you can always browse to twoyoungcrohn's.com for more about us. For now, be safe, be kind, and be loved. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, Young Crones. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedgewalkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So mote it be.